Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from the boys in the hood. I don't know why we're in the hood, because we are most certainly not. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Dave, keeping his footsies warm. Lambden. How's it going? My, going my, right. my feet are, are toasty. I refuse to wear slippers in the house, so yeah. I, I got a little heater that I keep on, um, nice. which Lovely. melts my PC under under the desk. So I have like house shoes, slippers, whatever you call them in your home. I think we've talked about this before, but I only wear them at my workstation, like where, where I work because I work from home. I don't wear them like around the rest of my home. I refuse. I only like they stay under the desk and I only put them on when I go to the desk. I'm picturing them like old. I'm picturing them like nailed to the floor. Under yeah, your desk. You literally yeah. just slip in. They have to stay in one spot. It's <laughs> funny because even if it's not cold, I still feel the need to put them on. It's like a it's like a habit comfort thing I Dude, don't it's know. like a utility for your desk man yeah it's like exactly. an add-on the ikea slippers yeah <laughs> also the ikea oh my god they're built into the desk <laughs> they're an upcharge of 20 dollars though into the carpet also the most glorious ginger brandon duncan what Hello. is up How you doing? he's back yeah. you have a big old skull on your shirt but i can't see what it says yeah it's a very i was saying this before the show started this is like a 13 year old shirt mm-hmm. at least yeah uh it's a suicide silence t-shirt if y'all oh, ever yeah. heard of that band yeah uh r.i.p uh lead singer i can't even remember his name at this point um but yeah i was really into heavy bands in high school and yeah a lot of the shirts still fit yeah that's good some of them don't that's um good. but a lot of them do were they big on you then though because you were pretty you were i mean you're not you're not by any means big now but sure sure you i were really thin and yeah no i like, like gross then and I, well no i, I agree <laughs> like just got like you 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 disgust me i know Sickly. I, Sickly. I looking at myself i disgust myself <laughs> um so imagine how you feel is crazy um but no i'm doing pretty good um got some good news recently so i'm in high spirits and uh, just glad to be back this week. Yeah. Just feeling a little under the weather last week, but that is completely passed. Got back from vacation this past weekend. Uh, visited some uh, friends in the Fairfax area. Lovely place. Just yeah. just very nice. Uh, had some amazing food. Tried hot pot for the first time, like a legit hot pot. Where It's always hot when you light it on fire. True, true. But there was like Oh, heaters. not that kind of pot. <laughs> my bad. But there was heaters on the table. Yeah. And it was such a unique... An amazing experience, very spicy. Um, you know, at some point your mouth just stops hurting, and you just enjoy it. Like, like it's it, it it reaches a threshold where it has been so hot for so long that it's just numb, and you just taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I was at. But um, after a couple good shits, it seems like that's out of my system now. And <laughs> um, good being subjective, but now I have a question, like. Not that any of the three of us have ever done this, but you know how sometimes when you know you're going to have like, let's say at work, you know, you're going to have Monday off. Right. And so Friday, you're magically sick. So you get this extra long weekend. Sure. 
are you sure? Because you said I was a little under the weather, so I didn't make the podcast. And then I went on vacation. Are you sure that you didn't just call in sick to the podcast so you could have an extra day to your vacation? This is not something that I feel like I need to skip out on. Okay. <laughs> so it actually came about on Monday and I was battling with it throughout the week and I didn't actually leave until Saturday night at like 830. Sure. So, I mean, that's a likely story. I mean, I, I got the picks to prove it. Boy. Um, it's, I'm going to give you a demerit. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. The least glorious ginger from this point forward. Now, Wait a I minute. Also... You, hold on. Hold on. Dude, yeah. Brandon went away on Call of Duty launch weekend. He did. Yeah. Wow. So my my first cousin got married on Saturday. Let me just tell you boys the Saturday the I had real quick. I'm not going to keep it too long, but Saturday. From... Wait, wait, start. When Dave pointed that out and then he said the nerve. Dave, three or four months ago when we got Call of Duty's release date, Brandon was already fuming that it was going to be on Call of Duty release week. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've, trust me. I've been thinking about it for months. Um, but so Saturday from about 3.30 to about 8.30 p.m., I was at a wedding. Uh, I unfortunately went a little bit too hard on the dance floor. I shouldn't have done that to myself. But then from 8.30 to about 1 a.m., I was driving to the Fairfax area. Uh, so it was a very, very incredibly long day for me. I'm pleased to have done it all, and I made it back. I lived to tell the tale. Um, but yeah, it was a super crazy weekend. And then I got a new job in the process uh, since then as well. Um, so just really a crazy past week for me, getting over a sickness, going to a wedding, visiting friends, uh, and getting a new job. So it's just been super crazy, but I'm glad to be sitting back in this beautiful chair with these beautiful boys in front of me uh, and ready to talk about some games. Yeah, my week has not been nearly that exciting. I mean, it's been exciting, but not in a good way. But that's a story for a different time. <laughs> uh, it's maybe some other day. But I do need to focus back on one more thing you said about your trip. You said you went to get hot pot. Yeah. And is hot pot, hot pot is like fondue, right? Like, do you dip uh, things in it or is it something you just eat out of yeah, the Yeah, so essentially everyone gets a choice of a broth. Yeah. I got a spicy broth, a traditional, I believe, Chinese broth, okay. I think. Um spicy yeah. uh and then they bring the broth to you and then you just it was really nice there was actually a touch screen they instantly bring you out whatever you want and no extra charge you just pay a base fee uh -huh. and like i got shaved chicken thigh i got beef i got pork belly i got shrimp i got pumpkin and bok choy and those really uh long spindly mushrooms and you just throw everything in the pot as it boils um, and the meat is sliced very thin, so it only needs to be in there for a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you transfer said uh, edibles from the pot onto a plate. And then once they've cooled, which is the trick of it, yeah. because you, I was very eager to eat everything. I burned the shit out of my mouth a right, time or two. Right. Um, you just eat and you just keep ordering and ordering. And there was like a 90 minute limit. But within that 90 minutes, you can reasonably eat literally anything. And there was free dessert. It was fantastic. It was only like 26 bucks or something for lunch. See, so that sounds great. But I'm just thinking of the time when I, I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder if, if my wife would like to go to the melting pot. Oh, I've never been. And I told her, I was like, do you want to go? Like, I'll, you know, let's go. Yeah, I want to go somewhere let's fun. Go. Let's go. And she was like. Why do we need to go and pay? I think it was like 50 or $60 Oof, a piece. Yikes. Why do we need to go and pay that much just for them to bring out a pot of cheese, heat it up on our table, and we dip things in it? And I was like, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. We should get pizza. Fair enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, something we 
did when you know the couple times we've gone to boston to pax is we've always made a point to go to uh brazilian barbecue and i've done hot pot twice before never been a fan i've done some of the other gimmicky things like hibachi and the only one where i really feel like you get strong value for your money is brazilian barbecue oh yeah just the quality of the food you get and the sheer amount Oh, and of absolutely. course, you, you guys might be thinking about the one time I went and I just, I was so hungry and I'm an idiot and loaded up on like the appetizer bar oh, where yeah. with like rice and salad and all that Rocky. shit. So I, I, couldn't, you to do. I, I couldn't eat the value in meat, but in any case, it's, it's Brazilian barbecues. Most Brazilian places I've been to, you know, you're going to pay anywhere, depending on if you go for lunch or dinner between like 40 and a hundred dollars for what it is. And it's certainly not something that the three of us can afford to go do all the time, but when you go, I've never left one of those places that I've, I've like dropped 75 bucks for, for, you know, Brazilian restaurant. And I'm like, I've never left and been like, I wish I hadn't paid that much. I'm always like, could I pay more to have this for longer? Yeah. Uh, And the answer is you can. Yeah. Um, But whether or not you, you, you can actually physically. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and the thing is, is not only do you have to be aware of, you know, the salad bar, Mm -hmm. they trick you. Mm -hmm. You got to be aware of what you're eating. They want to load you up on pineapple. They want to load you up on chicken. Right. I want that steak. Yeah. Bring me the beef. I want the beef. I want the pork with the bone in. I want it all, brother. I There's need the, I need the, listening to this just vomiting profusely right <laughs> just now. need the disgusting meat sweats to ruin my oh, night. Oh, dude. I better be just dripping in meat juices when I leave. <laughs> now, we're going to get into video games here for a minute. But, Brandon, I'm wondering if you could recount a story from the first time. Are you going to talk about when I almost pooped myself? That we went to a Brazilian <laughs> restaurant. I don't think this was in L.A. I don't think Dave yeah. was with us. But I, oh, my just, God. Dude. It's not that complicated of a story, but the way you tell it is so beautiful. Also, listen, here's the thing. I hadn't eaten most of the day in preparation for the Brazilian steakhouse. Obviously, I wanted to get my bang for the buck. Um, we beforehand stopped and got espresso. So we're already <laughs> we're already in the danger zone, right? Yeah. We're already in the danger zone. Brandon goes to the Brazilian steakhouse. He eats half his weight in meat. And then lo and behold, the Uber on the way back to the to the hotel is stuck in immense amounts of traffic. And me and three other men, well, two other men in the back seat are sitting in a Honda HRV, a small SUV, crammed shoulder to shoulder in LA traffic trying to get back to the hotel and i'm not just getting the airbnb at that i'm getting the poop sweats boys you ever feel a rumbling in your tummy and you know something bad's about to happen yeah that was the majority of my ride home uh and i pardon near waddled uh back to the to the airbnb and i promptly took it sometimes when you go to the bathroom so deeply you just have to take a shower and cleanse your whole body uh-huh. afterwards it was one of those experiences but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for the world <laughs> you know no accidents were had in that uber that I, day i just remember how mad you were at us because we were yeah, laughing you at fuckers you. were giggling at me <laughs> and i didn't have the room key i'm like hobbling to the door trying to hold back my innards and y'all are just giggling your asses off but made for one hell of a story i'll tell you that sure did well, this is a show about video games somehow, sometimes, and uh, it's called the HP Podcast. If you are listening, you probably already know that, but we are over on Patreon. If you want to help support us, we appreciate it. You can do so for as little as a dollar a month. That's less than 25 cents an episode, depending on the month, of course. Yeah. Dollar a month gets you ad-free early access to the show. This show is coming a day late just because uh, my wife was in a car accident yesterday. It was a whole thing, so we just delayed the show. 
and uh, it, she's okay by the way uh everything's fine except for the car but uh so well, this is a little late but usually show comes out on wednesdays we get it to you uh if you're on patreon on wednesday and then it comes out for everybody else on thursday if you don't want to join the patreon or you you know you just need to test the waters a little bit hop on over to the discord hang out with us there discord uh is at handsomefandom.com slash discord we appreciate you guys hanging out talking some shit with us about video games speaking of video games well this is kind of a video game it's a, it's a it's basically a console. Yeah. Let's talk about the PSVR 2. And only because I know you guys don't really care that much, but this news just dropped today. We've been talking for a long time about how much this thing's going to cost. And The Verge reports that Sony's next VR headset, the PSVR 2, will be available early next year. It's a major upgrade with an OLED screen and a 110-degree field of view. The PSVR headset is going to come out on February 22nd, priced at $549.99. Sheesh. And it's gonna be higher, of course, everywhere else, or at least maybe it's just different denominations, different different valuations on the money. But in the U.S., at least in North America, I believe five forty nine ninety nine. It'll come with the headset, of course, the Sense controllers, stereo headphones, and then if you want a controlling controller charging station for the Sense controllers, which look really cool as we've talked about before, uh, that's gonna be an extra fifty bucks. Pre-orders open up on the fifteenth. And it's only going to be available on the online store, at least for like uh, U.S., U.K., France, Germany, all that kind of stuff. They're going to have some bundles and stuff. Of course, Call of the Mountain is going to be on there as a bundle. Um, but some specs real quick, just before we get into talking about it, actually. 110 degree field of view, 4K HDR supports, 120 hertz support for smoother frame rates and gameplay. as four cameras built into the front of the display. Uh, so, you know, it's it's all self-contained, except you got a cord running to your PlayStation. And all of the early previews of this thing have been really solid. So, Dave, again, I know neither one of you are big PSVR people. Uh, I'm not necessarily, or, or any VR people. I'm not necessarily talking about, is this something for you? But just how do you feel about the price point, the features, which we already knew some of? Um, oh, <laughs> I was a few weeks ago, we were talking about this new oculus pro device that was announced announced yeah. and i think it was in and around the 1500 range and you know we kind of tried to justify it as this is something that's used in industry and it's really the highest of the high end um but then we get this announcement and you you need a playstation 5 to play psvr is that correct yep yes so the total investment required is in excess of a thousand us dollars um so we're getting dangerously close and that's to that before you get a game, by the way. Yeah. And we're, we're getting dangerously close to that other device that, again, we talked about last week and just thought this is something not for the typical consumer. So, um, you know, on the flip side, if anybody's going to make apps for this that are killer apps, it can be Sony. And those are the system sellers, the ones that make you want to go out and spend the extra money on the hardware to buy the system. Um, I think with this press release today, they did say there would be 10 new launch titles uh, when this ships next year. So I think we need a little bit more than just Call of the Mountain or whatever the Horizon game is called, um, because this is a steep, steep price. This is a major investment. And your competitors, you know, the the sort of baseline Oculus that everybody bought last Christmas are coming in on a lot cheaper than this. And People want to play Beat Saber. They want to play Super Hot and 
games like that. So I think, you know, Sony's got to cover off its bases a little bit more or they're not going to hit that install base that they want, which I can't remember what it was, like 13% or something like that. But yeah, this is a steep investment and I think it's going to put a lot of people out on this. So um, I don't know, For Ben, like you are a, have been historically a VR guy. Yeah. What, what, how did, were you expecting this kind of price tag? Does it put you out or is it about where you expected I got to be honest, other than, you know, wanting to be able to comment on it because I like being up on industry news, I kind of didn't care because for me, I know how little I use my PSVR, which in fairness was still a lot. But at the end of the life cycle here, I've been I've used it less and less every year. And by less and less every year, I mean, like in the last year, I've used it not at all. And I did get an Oculus Quest 2 and um, I love it. I think it's great, but I just don't always have the space or the time. Uh, like literally the space and sometimes the time uh, to dive into something. So for me, I kept thinking this is going to be more than I want to pay for it because I wasn't already like super high on wanting to get one. With that said, 549 is even higher than I was expecting. I was thinking like it's not going to be cheaper than 400 bucks, even though some people were postulating that it was going to be um, potentially closer to the quest. But I just... I just had a feeling that it was going to be like at 300 bucks. I could see myself getting it because I'm a fan of Sony. I'm a fan of video games in general, uh, but I like Sony. I would, I would buy their products, but for 550, I'm not interested enough to get it. With that said, you know, it, it comes to a price drop or something like that. They put out a cool bundle in a couple of years, then maybe I'll bite on it. But uh, I did not expect it to be cheaper than 400. And I, 550 is a little bit more than I was expecting. Brandon, Part of why that is, is because if there is going to be like, I could see getting a new device to play something like Half-Life Alex. That's like a, I, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I played it all growing up. Uh, I just really wanted to play Half-Life Alex. If I didn't already have a quest, I would have bought one to play it. I think because they were already, they were like $300. It's a cheap enough price point. But the games they've announced, and I know there's going to be more, but they, uh, they've got Call of the Mountain. We know about some Resident Evil stuff. We know about No Man's Sky, all that kind of stuff. But today they announced, uh, I think it's 10 or 11 new games here. And the most interesting one to me is uh, Pistol Whip VR, which is already out on Oculus. And I think PSVR, maybe not the original PSVR. I'm not sure. But the game lineup just isn't there. And so how do you yeah. feel about like if Sony's going to charge 550 for a new headset? Right. Don't you think they should put out some games people want to play? Yeah, I mean, I was actually just looking back through the list they put out. I think it is 11. Okay. Um, and let me say this first and foremost. This is clearly not a direct competition to Quest 2. At this price point, specs aside, it, I don't think it's going to appeal to the same people. I really don't, um, especially with the added um, peripheral needed. I mean, you need a PlayStation as well. Um, and I thought that in and of itself would kind of be a deterrent for some people. But that mixed with a high price point kind of has me scratching my head thinking, who is this for? Um, I don't know if it's just my bubble, but I personally haven't talked to many people that are very excited about this. And a high price point isn't really going to be drawing people in even more. Um, the Pistol Whip does look cool. I will give it that. It is a lot of fun. I played it on Quest. Well, it's great. That and, you know, obviously the Horizon stuff is awesome. The yeah. world is amazing. But you're exactly right, Ben. I was literally just looking through this list and I don't know, Crossfire. I'm, I'm not really, I don't really give a fuck about that. 
the light brigade. I, I don't know. The only thing that even stands out remotely to me um, is the sequel, more or less, to Rush of Blood. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Dark Pictures Switchback VR. Um, I played that originally on Dustin's PSVR. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm actually glad they're bringing that back. I feel like it's strange that they've waited so long uh, to say anything about it right. um, until what, today or yesterday? Um, but yeah, man, I just, I think it's going to suffer from something similar that happened to PSVR one is that it will be fun for the people that have the cash initially, but these things don't really last very long. And I just worry that it's like going to be another one of those things that if you were Dustin or, you know, I don't think Dave's going to get it or anybody gets it. It's like once you've played those select three or four games that you really liked, even if the experience was cool, right? Right. Even if it was really cool, it's still not something you play all the time, not something you're going to strap on every single night, at least for most people. <laughs> <laughs> but I just say strap on. So you said uh, strap on every night. Oh my God. To be, to be um, totally for 550. Goddamn. It's, uh, it's, it's more than the console, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's as much as the console is now in other regions, but yeah. it's it's still 500 in the US. But what I'm saying is that like I agree with Dave and we've said this time and time again, it comes down to what you're actually doing on it. Right. And even though you will have some really cool experiences that I bet will be top notch. Yeah. It's like when I bought my PS5 for, you know, $500, I'm going to get so much more value and so many more hours out of my PlayStation just simply because of the type of equipment it is and the type of games that are released on it. Sure. I mean, I can't imagine these VR games at their max are going to be more than 10 to 15 hours worth of good gameplay. Right. Period. And it's like the higher these technologies get, I I get they're advancing. I think the specs are really cool. But at the end of the day, would something like Quest 2 scratch that same itch? Or maybe you wouldn't have Horizon. But you could take it to your mom and dad's house and show them right. and, you know, try Half-Life, Half-Life Alex and Beat Saber. And so I just, even though I think there will be cool shit, the price point mixed with the semi-interesting, not super interesting lineup mm-hmm. is just really not hitting for me. And, you know, I was willing to be convinced of PSVR 2. Um, and nothing has been that silver bullet at all for me at this point. And, and I don't think it will. I think it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I had an, an exorbitant amount of cash flow at the moment, I still don't even think it would be worth the value. I feel like I would have more value buying $500 worth of games by themselves than buying a new peripheral. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough sell for people who aren't already interested. For people who had PSVR 1 and loved it, or people who got in and they were like, oh, the Quest is awesome, I'm willing to spend a little more money because I have a PlayStation 5 already, then certainly I think those things will be good. If you're a mega fan of Horizon, then that's going to be fun. But yeah, I think that they're going to have a hard time reaching the non-hardcore audience. And while the hardcore audience doesn't mind spending money, for the most part, I think that's a limited amount of people that no matter how you cut it, it's still going to, yeah. So are they going to move these things? Yeah. Are they going to be half as much in three years? Probably just like the last one was, but I just feel like if they had come out and said, look, we've got these 
We've got three different first party studios. They're on VR all the time. That's all they're doing is putting them out. By the way, they're studios you love. They've made these games. Right. Then if I see that and I'm like, wow, the only way I can ever play these games is on the PSVR 2. Right. Then that, even if it's just out of guilt, makes me want it more. Yeah. But they haven't done that yet. The and game- maybe they still will before launch, but yeah. I don't know. It's not shaping up. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. Sure. The only thing that could save this is if like Sony licenses like an AO Pornhub game. <laughs> and, like when I'm when, in. when I'm the in. PlayStation Studios thing comes up, you get like that and, and then you go Dude, straight I, into the Pornhub. I did game. say strap on, so I don't know. Yeah. You it, said yeah. Anything's possible. Jim Ryan, you listening? <laughs> He's just crying. That five hundred and fifty better be worth something. <laughs> Well, while we're talking about Sony, we got a couple other things. PlayStation Plus November monthly games are ready. We got Neo 2. Yes. Got Heavenly Bodies and the Lego Harry Potter collection. Neo 2 is an amazing game. I have uh, never played either Neo game, but I've heard you talk very highly about them. I like the first one a lot better because it's more simple. Mm-hmm. And more simple is kind of laughable because they're both very complicated RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> like just absolutely filled with monster hunter levels of of stats and everything mm-hmm. um and the second one is more complicated even yet um with its mechanics but i'm really glad it's going to be the ps5 version mm-hmm. i was actually worried they were going to dupe me like so many games have and give me the ps4 version that has a ps5 version but not give it to me right um but that's not the case so i'm really pleased about that um Harry Potter games are fine, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Dave, any of these grab you particularly? Harry Potter, man. Big time. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've had a hankering to, to jump into a Lego game lately, and uh, so I'm really happy to see this. Um, I've said before, there's something about Harry Potter that, for me, goes hand in hand with the holidays, so I think this oh, yeah. is perfect timing. Um, just want to touch on Neo real quick. Um, I've never played the games because they scare the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> the If you take, like, as you alluded to, Brandon, like, the the system's complexity of monster hunter and marry it with like the difficulty of a soulsborn game that is the most intimidating thing to me and i've seen people play these games and i'm just like what the fuck is going yeah. on and like you take like a, a soulsborn game and you like turn up the speed like a million notches and i'm like i don't I, this yeah. is cra- i love watching people play it on twitch but it's uh dude if, if you can do it more power to you more people that you. perfect this stuff are like nuts at it but you i feel like you have to dedicate yourself to this sort of game i yeah. think i put like 130 hours into the first one well while That's we're crazy. talking about ps plus a little bit of uh negative news <clears throat> pc mag reports that playstation plus has lost 1.9 million subscribers Damn. since they relaunched it in june quote playstation plus lost Nearly 2 million subscribers between July and September 2022. According to Sony's latest financial statement, the number of people subscribing to the paid service fell from 47.3 million in July to 45.4 million in September. The following numbers come the following numbers come after Sony added three new tiers to PlayStation Plus in a June revamp. The three tiers, Essential, Extra, and Premium, all come with different price tags, but premium subscribers fork out $120 yearly. The subscription service allows players to save on top of access. Sorry. The subscription service allows players to save on top of access to a handful of free games a month. The premium level tier offers a huge catalog of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. And this is important. Despite the marked decrease in the number of PlayStation Plus users, overall revenue for PS Plus improved by 10%, likely due to users signing up for higher tiers. Brandon, 
you signed up for PlayStation Plus Premium or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you didn't drop the service entirely. No. Do you I, feel like it's been worth it for you? I bought a year. Yeah. So I couldn't drop it if I wanted. I, right. I, I mean, I will be dropping it at the end of the the period. I got a little bit of a deal cut for me because I already paid for my year. So it was a little, it's like 40 bucks or something like yeah. that, 50 bucks. It's like prorated um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a prorated um, rate. But um, honestly and truthfully, I mostly did it to play God of War at ease. Yeah. Um, when I was replaying that a couple, probably about a month ago at this point. Um, but yeah, I won't be sticking around with it. Um, post that, I feel like I've looked at literally everything I have the option to play. And aside from playing Metro uh, and a couple other things that I, I can't even remember off the top of my head at this point, there's been not much value for me. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, oh, I replayed Saints <laughs> Row. Um, so unless something drastically changes and they add more games than like two a month or something like that, I, I, I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, I got what I needed out of it. And honestly, replaying all the God of Wars without having to dig out our old hardware was worth it by itself for me. Completely worth it. Um, but from here going forward, there is absolutely no way I will be uh, continuing my premium subscription. So, um, I think they've just done nothing but make it more confusing and segment the audience. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more difficult than ever to try and find your PlayStation Plus games, even for a normal user that only has base PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and they uh, have for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just me, but uh, yeah, it's not coming back on my console after it goes. That's for sure. Dave, you did not upgrade your PlayStation Plus. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, I stuck with the, I I guess it's the pleb tier now. Yeah, I think it's yeah. called. I think that's the basic. Name. Yeah, essential or something that's like that. It. Basic it's, bitch, I think is the name. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I'm on too. Um. So I mean, if you're asking me the same question you asked Brandon, I obviously have a different perspective, and it's something that I've looked at as like this that premium tier, even for like a month or two, I see a lot of value in it because. I'm not always a day one kind of guy. So there's a lot of exclusives and, and, you know, AAA titles that I just haven't played yet. So, right. you know, if, if I get to uh, a slow time in sort of games I'm playing, then premium for a couple months to me looks like a great idea. Cause I can go play Ratchet and Clank and Returnal and uh, I like Horizon. I, I'm pretty sure that one's on there too. Mm -hmm. um, At least so, the first one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but to echo what Brandon said long term, I don't, I don't know. It 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 doesn't. I, I've always said like, if if Sony really wants to challenge Microsoft with the subscription service, then there needs to be day one releases on that service. And I think Sony has been pretty hard and fast saying that will just won't happen because they can't afford it. I assume it's because they can't afford it. So for me to be like a, a rock solid subscriber, that's what would need to happen. But I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. But at the very least, for me to catch up on stuff, I see value in it for at least a short period of time. So to, um, to bring it back to the, the 1.9 million uh, users lost, I'm wondering, um, did people, they looked at the premiums here. I, I think that I think it's a couple different things. One, we're we're in a bit of a recession right now. Yeah, like, yeah. money's tighter. Right, you know, everything's yeah. rougher. So that's that's just environmental things. Uh, the other being that some people saw 
during this time their subscription has has lapsed or whatever they saw these different options and they were just like i don't know whatever i'm not going to sign up for it right now the third being they looked at the highest tier and they were like okay this doesn't offer me as much value as i want and actually come to think of it neither does the one i'm already paying for so i'm going to dip out of that too until there's something i want to play or they're like there's a free game that i really want or something like that right so i think to some extent they shot themselves in the foot here, but to in very, and, and by not having like constant additions and, and new stuff, but to another extent, um, they're up revenue. Yeah. So they're making more money, even though they have less users. And I think the goal is for these, for companies obviously is always to make more money, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do because less than a couple months after putting, rolling out a new service, um, Losing that, losing almost two million subscribers is pretty rough, especially wow. when you look at the competition, who just yeah. keeps adding subscribers. Yeah, yeah. As an investor, I would I would look at those two metrics. One is the increased revenue, and two is the lost subscribers. And I would I would put more emphasis on the lost subscribers than the revenue because those subscribers you've lost, you've now lost the opportunity to actually convert them to a higher tier, and they've predictably, you know let's say they've gone on to another subscription service, the chances of them actually coming back to essential and you having the opportunity to convert them to that higher tier, you've lost that. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, when I saw this, Ben, like my first thought was two things. One, what you said, which is money is just tight for a lot of people right now. There's a lot of people losing jobs right now. Um, but two, it's it, this, these numbers were collected largely over the summer months when, you know, a lot of people aren't gaming <laughs> COVID just finished up. So a lot of people are getting out and stuff. So yeah. um, call of duty just had its most successful launch in its history on PlayStation. And if yeah. I'm correct, you need at least some tier of PlayStation plus to play online. So correct. I think when we Do see the for, snapshot- for call of duty, Warzone, to my knowledge, no, but call, call of duty. duty yeah. I think yes. Okay. So when we see these numbers for the next quarter, I think you're going to see uh, a return to form plus, yeah. you know, with, people just kind of getting back into gaming for the holidays it, well, it'll it'll correct itself in my opinion I, I agree with you dave but i i i think it's also important to look at that overall number increasing too as someone who has experienced the high tier um even if the increase stays and as important it is that you know that you lost people the people that have stayed i know for me personally the value was there at the beginning but how long will you retain the people at the top tier? Yes, it was exciting when all the games were dropped at once, right? It felt like you had a ton of shit to play. But when you drip feed from this point forward, how long will that revenue stay up, even if you've lost users? Because if the value doesn't continue to present itself, maybe not even with day ones, like I agree with you, Dave, on that statement. Day one is honestly the golden ticket for this. They're not going to do it. So their only other option is to continue to prevent, present value throughout. And if they're drip feeding, you know, lackluster bullshit, not putting the classic games up monthly, you know, not every single month is having bangers. It's like, you know, even if you are up in revenue, when you're just adding small amounts of things over and over and uninteresting things over and over, will you even continue to see that revenue stay where it is? I don't think it will. Because I think a lot of people would feel the way I do. I've looked at every single game that is available for me to download. And I've played the ones I want to play. And so when this is over, I'm out. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So I would imagine a lot of people feel that way. And if new things don't continue to come, there's no reason for most people to keep it. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Well, we shit on PlayStation for a while now. Let's move over to Xbox. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Obviously, Xbox. This isn't this is an equal opportunity shitting on. Absolutely. Podcasts. Is it though? Um, not this week. There's a little more to shit on one or the other, but okay. I feel like normally we try to present the good and bad from both companies, but you know, we, I mean, you know, unilaterally that we should on the switch. So that's of sure. course, of course it does it itself. Video games Chronicle. There's a joke to be made there about the Brazilian restaurant and Xbox. And whatever. Microsoft's head of gaming has acknowledged that it has been a quiet year for first party Xbox games, but claimed that 2023 will be far busier for the platform holder. We've heard that before. Right. By the end of 2022, Five games will have been published by Xbox Game Studios this year, but only one of those, Obsidian's Pentiment, will be an all-new game developed internally. The others are indie developed As Dust Falls, a Forza 5 expansion, an Age of Empires re-release, and Obsidian's Grounded, which has been in game preview for two years. Quote, one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first-party game, Phil Spencer said on the Same Brain videocast. We can have our excuses with COVID and other things, but in the end, I know people invest in our platform and they want to have great games. Spencer went on to claim that the 2023 lineup would be far stronger for Xbox and that the sort of pandemic caused production delays, which saw its original big holiday release Starfield pushed into 2023, were now in the rearview mirror. We're excited about 2023 and we've talked about games that are coming. Those games are tracking well and we're out of what COVID did to the production schedule. All right, you hear that? No more blaming COVID. That's what I heard there. Yeah, we'll see. And I'm not saying COVID didn't <laughs> cause things. No, I'm just saying, right, like, right. That he's saying that's not an excuse anymore. Uh, as an industry, we have far fewer games this holiday than we've had in a while. And when you think about when you think about just launches, Call of Duty is incoming. This was apparently before that. God of War is coming, which was great. Nintendo's had a good year. But in general, I would say we've been a little light. So a little, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Spencer went on to claim that Xbox was doing a lot more work on PC and that it would launch a big update for its Xbox app in a few weeks. All right. Uh, let's let's break this down. I want to just start off by saying that Phil Spencer says, one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first-party game. I just want to remind everyone that 10 months ago, <laughs> they put out a new Halo game and a new Forza game. 
that doesn't i mean yes i think they should have had more releases in those 10 months but right right it's pretty sad when the head of the studio is like it's been a long time since we put out a big game and literally two of your landmark titles came out at the end of last year and i think the problem with that being is that like he hears the discourse because Halo was such a stinker. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, if people were still talking about Halo, would Phil be saying this right now? Absolutely um, not. Probably not in the same way. And yeah. I would love to see the Forza numbers, but I'm sure, even though they're still strong, that they fell off drastically. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that sucks for the studios involved, but I mean, he's kind of right. Yeah, it's been another lackluster year yep. of Xbox. I bought an Xbox this year, and I haven't played shit on it other than Halo and Forza. Yeah, I've dabbled with Game Pass, but it's like until these Bethesda things start rolling out, I don't, I don't want to play any like <laughs> because I don't need to. You know, right? Nothing is exclusive, and you know, I guess at least he's acknowledging it. But you know, how many times has Xbox given us a lackluster year and said, hey, ne- next year, shaping up good. Right. You know, what about Starfield? <laughs> well, you know, like, I mean, like, to, I know it's not first party. I get it. Well, it is first party technically now. I mean, well, but sh- to, to, this is I don't know. This is just a statement. It's not really on one side or the other. Even if Starfield is amazing, the haters are still I mean, the, the fanboys are going to be like, look how great Starfield is. Xbox is back. And then the haters are going to be like, they didn't fully develop that game. Shut up. And it's and they're both right. And I mean, is that going to be the biggest game for them this entire year? Um, that will probably be the biggest game for them this year, just by nature of it being BGS. Whether it will be the best game is yet to be, is to be determined. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just, as someone who purchased an Xbox, I actually have a little bit of buyer's remorse. Yeah. Um, I was really pleased to have played my time with Forza and Halo, as I mentioned. But honestly, after that, my shit's just been sitting. I mean, yeah. realistically, a couple times for about a month or two, my Xbox was just completely unplugged. And I, I don't want it to be like that. But we just keep waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. And it's like, can I get Game Pass? Yeah. Is it better than PlayStation Premium? Absolutely. But like, I want to play new shit. Right. I want to play interesting shit. And, you know... As great as Plague Tale is, like, I can play that anywhere. You, you can, know? yeah. And it's Dave, just like, I don't know. What What do you think, Dave? I was going to say, Dave, um, Xbox has no games. Comment? <laughs> I think it's, we're looking at this from a very sort of traditional point of view when it comes to console exclusives and the console wars and, and um, Master Chief versus Nathan Drake and stuff like that. And it's it's difficult to kind of look at Microsoft first party games because when we think about first party, we think about Master Chief and we think about Marcus Phoenix and we think about Forza stuff. And it's like the stuff that's coming from Bethesda, it's, it's going to be a while before we think about those characters hand in hand with the ones I just mentioned. So, um, but in any case, I, I like that Phil Spencer has come out and recognized this. Um, that people want to see more AAA first-party stuff more consistently. Um, but along with what you said, Ben, how it's been just about 10, 11 months since we had both Halo and Forza, like we were supposed to have Starfield this year. And had everything gone as smoothly as it was it was supposed to, like that would have been less than a year between three massive releases for 
Xbox. And if you just kind of look at the lineup that we have coming in the next, um, you know, four to five months, you've got Starfield, Redfall, and I think Stalker 2 is in there. I don't know if you could put Stalker 2 in that same conversation, but it still is a significant game. And reading this, I kind of wonder, is there more planned? Like, is Forza Motorsport coming? Is, you know, we know there's more Gears of War coming down the pipe. Is that coming next year? Like, um, you know, there's a lot for the first part of next year, but we don't know much about holiday season. So that stuff still has to materialize. And I think, you know, Microsoft does need to um, sort of give people a little bit more because Sony has been fairly consistent. Um, you know, God of War and Horizon in one year, and then you throw Gran Turismo there too. Like that perception of that Sony value is there. And then you look at somebody like Brandon, who's just been, you know, a new adopter in a Microsoft ecosystem. And it's just like, well, why do I need this box? Because everything I've been playing, I can get elsewhere. So Microsoft's got to do something to fix that. Um, and I, I think they, they've, they're, they're going to have a good start into that next year. Yeah. But I'm hoping, yeah. Dave, like, honestly, I want to be convinced. I want something to to make me play this box that I paid $500 for. Um, but she hasn't been there. When did Ratchet you know, and Clank come out? Was that last year? That was this year. That was uh, this year too? Uh, oh, wait. This year? That was last year. Was oh, it? yeah, my bad. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Xbox, Microsoft needs They need a VR headset. It's got to be $680 oh. and that'll, change, <laughs> that'll turn everything around. Yeah. It's just weird, man. It's a shame what happened to Halo. I'm going to say that just again. Yeah. Such a good game destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares any. I don't I I think I, it's I, I think it's done. I'm questioning if there can be a resurgence. Obviously there will be micro resurgences. No, I new mean content people drops. are still playing it. That's not what I'm saying. Like some people. Some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's not the worst game. It's just so Yeah, you guys I the, sorry, I gotta ask. I you guys are talking about this game like it was one of the biggest failures in Microsoft's history, but I'm going to go back a year and this game was received really, really well. Yes. So, so here's the problem. The, okay. The, the, I understand that the multiplayer component hasn't been supported in the way that people perceive it should like, you know, a call of duty or something like that. But all in all, I mean, this, this was a solid product and it still is. The, what am I missing here? So the campaign for me did not hit. So I'm going to just take that out of the out of the question for me altogether. I didn't like it that much. But the game itself, and I've said this from the beginning, the game, the way it plays and the choices they made were good. It was the complete lack of anything else post-launch. So not only did they not deliver on the things that they said they were going to, they then continued to not give almost anything post. I mean, we're talking like, one map in like months and months and it's not like they have 20 or 30 maps and i get it's like a game but it's been 10 months so it's just like they had promises and then lackluster roadmaps come out and it's just the same game over and over and it's like what is being worked on then because you've canceled some stuff about the game you didn't deliver on the game from the beginning you released it early and i'm not saying the game itself moment to moment i could hop into halo right now and because i haven't played it for a while would be super fun. But then after a month of playing it, I would be completely uninterested because it's just the same shit. And I think the you're right, Dave, and, and I've said this before, is that the game is great. The, the actual moment-to-moment gameplay in Halo Infinite is phenomenal. And I, I like the campaign a little more than Brandon, but I wasn't huge on it. But I played Halo for... 
oh, I do play for the for the campaign, but really the multiplayer is where you get that stick around this. And it's always been like that. But we live in an era now where if a game is going to be marketed as a live service, it's called Infinite, and they made statements that this game would be around as a platform for 10 years. And we've gone almost a year with like two updates and neither one of them that great. And I think that's where the all the hate for Halo comes in now. Is Halo still a really good game? Yes. Are people probably being a little bit dramatic about it, including us? Probably. Is it a failure as far as retaining players and continuing to churn money for the for the publisher? Absolutely. Because they just haven't they haven't done what they said they were going to do and they haven't delivered exciting new content. And I mean, yeah, Halo, the, the early Halo games, they're still getting updates. Like there's still new content for those games. There's more content coming out for Halo 3 this year, or there's more content that did come out over the last 12 months than there was for Halo Halo Infinite. And that's I think that's where uh, the hyperbole becomes a little bit of reality. Right. That's fair. Slow burn hate, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I look at it different, but I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, and I'm the type of person that, Give me a really fun mode and a couple maps, and honestly, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. But when I have, not to take the other juggernaut in the room and compare it, but when I have Call of Duty, and I know that every week or every couple weeks in Call of Duty, I'm getting a new map, and I'm getting a mix-up in modes, and they're going to release a new gun, and I'm going to have new things to unlock, and that's going to happen repeatedly in a couple every couple weeks it takes some of the desire for me to play. I'm, I'm very happy to play the same thing over and over a lot of times, but it takes away that desire because there is something else that's new that I can progress towards as opposed to, well, I could just keep playing this other game. That's also fun, but it's not new. Yeah. And, and in 2022 new matters in live service games, I think. Yeah. Speaking of other things, people hate Sackboy: a big adventure has proven very unpopular on PC we don't have to talk about this for long push square reports that after the pc port of uncharted legacy of thieves collection set the record for the lowest player count of any sony game at launch sackboy big adventure has come along and beat it by an alarming margin across its first weekend on sale the highest number of players it had at any one time was 610 compared to the 10,851 peak the nathan drake remasters recorded and it's very clear how unpopular sackboy has proven on pc um, now, of course, we know that the numbers of concurrent players don't necessarily translate into direct sales, but that's pretty alarming that less than 10% of the already the lowest game, less than 10% of that is the new lowest game. Damn. Yeah. So I have played a little bit of Sackboy, uh, a big adventure on PC. Brandon, I think you played it. <laughs> yeah, no, I played it on PS5. It was yeah, I'm sorry. I played it on PS5, certainly yeah. on PC. Uh, and I don't know, Dave, why do you think sackboy it's because it's it's a fun game uh, and they got a lot of praise at launch and everything people on ps5 and ps4 liked it why do you think it's not hitting on pc sp- specifically yeah i mean i i played it as well i had a good time with it on ps5 um but it's like it's a kid-friendly platformer and i think the pc audience is largely a more hardcore audience that likes those big bombastic triple a experiences which is why Things like God of War and Horizon and Spider-Man did so well. Um, but, you know, an older thing like uh, the Nathan Drake collection or or this didn't do as well. I think at the end of the day, these PC ports are 
found money for for PlayStation and Sony. Um, they're not marketing these things very heavily on purpose um, because they know the hits are going to be hits and the other ones might not hit as hard. But, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the possibility of this sort of PlayStation ecosystem on PC, whether that be like a Sony Steam-like launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is something that comes, I think at the end of the day, Sony just wants like um, games, a get, like a substantial game catalog there that exists. So even if there's games out there that aren't as popular as some of the other ones, then you know they're going to come anyways. So this isn't too surprising. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal for Sony, and uh, I don't think they should be surprised either because Sackboy on PC, like it's just a weird place to play it. Personally, yeah, I think so. yeah. It's not like super like I don't know. I feel like how much better could it possibly be on PC? And at that rate, it's just Dave's right. It doesn't make much sense. It's not like um, an exclusive that I hear most people crying out for right. on uh, on PC. And you know, as fun as the game might be, it certainly doesn't carry the weight of someone like Nathan Drake, right? Um, or you know, Kratos. Right. So um, Dave's right, though. I mean. How much work could it have possibly taken? You know, I guess they're just happy to have anything, but I guess it's kind of embarrassing for, um, that's not media molecule anymore, is it? No, no, it's, um, I can't remember the studio, but yeah, you're right. It is more of an embarrassing thing. That is a performance thing. In my opinion, it doesn't look good to your investors. And you know, they, when you go to present them with other games that you want to put on PC, even though it's not literally free money, but like it's cheap, well, a cheap way to make money, Rel- yeah, it- and, and relatively to making a brand new game for the for the console, um, you know, it's going to be hard for the board to swallow that. I think so. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that too long, and we also don't have to talk about this too long. But I just wanted to mention because I'm very excited about this game, and you guys pointed this out to me that Atomic Heart has a new release date, February 21st. Let's go, 2023. That's not too far away. It's not a couple months, man. Um, what? Two- Four yeah. months, yeah, yeah, not too far away. You know, I was excited for it to come this year, but it's not coming this year. Th- there's one problem with this: is it we we unfortunately are approaching another um, outer wilds, outer world situation because it's launching dangerously close to Wild Hearts. So <laughs> oh, get ready for oh, that, no, everybody. Dude. I'm already doing They're it. They're very so different games, though, aren't they? Just it, it's irrelevant. Oh, it doesn't they, matter. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. have the same title. So just to clarify, it's Wild Hearts, which is yep. the Monster Hunter game from EA. And it's Atomic Heart Singular, which is the Bioshock-ish game. Right. Here we go. Really excited about this. Um, we heard about the delay and never got a date. So the fact that it's coming early next year instead of late this year, I guess is a good sign. At least it's not being pushed to holiday. Right. Um, so maybe it just needed a bit more polish. But um, ever since we watched the trailer for this, man, it just looks fucking crispy yeah and i'm um, i'm out i'm not watching any more trailers as a matter of fact this article i found that you sent me with the release date i didn't even read the whole thing because it started telling what the game was about oh really <laughs> i don't want to know what this game is about. right i just want to play the game you just did so. the release date trailer that came out today brandon is actually pretty good so if you I'm haven't seen it go it. check it out it's don't tell out. me what it says yeah I'll, I'll check it out all right guys uh we, there's a couple other little things but they're not super interesting but what is interesting is what dave's been playing on the switch <laughs> I, I haven't been playing my switch okay so. what have you been dude. playing then Dave? i got nothing for you i have only been playing um what's that game called 
Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare oh, 2. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's all three of us. So. I know. Yeah, yeah so we can all talk get, about that. Get ready yeah. for what we've been playing discussion. is going to be very varied this week. So, um, yeah, I'll just... Uh, last week, I was um, partway through the campaign. I finished it just before multiplayer came out last week. Um, and, yeah, my, my feelings on the campaign didn't really change too much. Um, it It's a Call of Duty campaign. It had highs and lows. And, you know, I had missions that I really, really liked. Like uh, the tanker slash oil rig mission was uh, a massive standout to me. Um, I really like the truck mission. I know a lot of people were saying they didn't like it. Um, the one with Layla. Uh, and yeah, it's, there was, I, I found it a little weird that like the second last mission of the game was not the last mission of the game because the last mission of the game to me was just dull. I, I don't know. It just, the I feel pacing, like that's common with call of duty campaigns. Yeah, is that the last mission the, is never as good as the one before it. The pacing is the second last mission was incredible. And the one before that was really cool too, but I, I don't know. The pacing was just weird. Um, there was some stuff that I felt was shoehorned into the campaign just because it needed to almost act as like um, a tutorial for things that I assume were coming in DMZ mode. Uh, you know, like the crafting and the survival stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a five to eight hour sort of add on for uh, an eighty dollar package that I think really enhances the value. Um, so I had a good time with it. It 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 was it was good. So um, I don't know how you want to get in the multiplayer discussion, but I can kind of talk about that separately. So well, Brandon, you you I have not gotten the chance to play sure. the campaign yet, but you also played the campaign. So just get your quick thoughts on that. No, yeah, I'm. I'm about where Dave is. Um, I think I probably enjoyed it, enjoyed it a little bit more just because this is kind of like my tool house. Um, I was glad to see a memorable Call of Duty campaign come from Infinity Ward again because last year's was so lackluster. Um, I hardly even remember it, to be honest with you. Um, and so even though uh, you, you know these, these campaigns are really just kind of like an add-on to the multiplayer, as Dave said, I was glad to kind of see a return to form and even a few things that surprised me slightly um, with, you know, the way they did the whole camera system, I thought was a little bit different. Do you remember that mission, Dave, where you command around the people? I thought that was kind of cool. It was I like watchdogs. Yeah, I, I really yeah. liked that. That was yeah, fun. I, I just appreciated the variety. And I think that's really what kept the pacing good for me. I will agree with you, Dave. I feel like it was anytime it's hard for them to like wrap it up. And I feel like the journey ends up being a little bit more interesting than the finale. Um, but overall was really pleased. Um, it looks and runs amazingly on my PlayStation 5. So I was very appreciative of that. Um, and yeah, I was just glad to have another experience that felt worth it because I've had a couple in the past year. One I couldn't even finish, which was World War II uh, from Sledgehammer. Um, and then last year's Vanguard was just, I was just waiting for it to be over. Seriously. By the time I was done with it, I was so fucking thankful to be done with it. Um, so I was just glad to enjoy the time I had with it. Uh, and that's about it. And, you know, as an added bonus, they actually provided rewards throughout the whole campaign uh, for multiplayer. Um, you know, having released a week early, it was kind of nice to kind of get some work in early for the long haul of the multiplayer. So let's talk about multiplayer now. And I'll lead off by saying that the the game, at least at launch and still a little bit now, 
is very, very broken, at least to get into lobbies when you are playing with a large party. It's yeah. better now than it was, yeah. but it's still not great. And so I don't know. We need to talk about the, you know that too much um, because it's just kind of abysmal. Yeah. Game just crashes, especially on PC. If you're playing with more than two other people, really uh, not all the time, but most of the time. So other than that, though, other than that one, you know, giant negative that really killed launch weekend. Yeah. Um, Dave, tell me about your experience playing Call of Duty. You uh, about playing Modern Warfare 2. Um, we, we all three have hopped in a couple times together and played. And um, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, it's 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 a quality sort of experience. Um, we think about just two, three weeks ago, how in the state in which Overwatch 2 launched um, and, you know, there are the issues that you mentioned, Ben, with, you know, the partying up and stuff like that causing a lot of problems playing on PS5. It's been pretty seamless for me, except for the issues that we had when we were playing together as a group of five uh, or six of us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it feels great. Uh, the gun feel is amazing and this is you know i'm coming off not having played a call of duty since ghost and then i played uh cold war and vanguard and now i'm with this and um it's probably the best playing call of duty um i've i've had like ever um just the weighty feels of the guns i i love how we're using modern kit um, you know, I enjoyed Vanguard and I enjoyed Codalore, but um, I think the feel and the modernness of, of the tech you're using in this game is something I like. Um, I'm having a really good time with that. Um, I like all of the maps. Um, the one of the maps from the uh beta, which was like the um, it's like the Mexican market, I think is one of my favorites, yeah. Um, and there's there's a couple that like I don't like um there's i think it's called tarak and it's one where like most of the buildings are bombed out and there's just yeah. like massive sections that are empty and i just and there, there's a lot of sniping spots and i always feel like i'm exposed um there there is another map that's getting a lot of attention online called border crossing and um i actually have enjoyed every single game i've played on this <laughs> yeah it's and divisive it's, and and I, I think it's, it's more divisive because of the the connotations and the you know, the there's literally people crawling over the walls to get away yeah. from people. Um, I'm glad you're saying divisive because I, I hadn't heard any positive feedback, but I hear a lot of people saying it's, 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 it's just dumb because the cars are all over the place and it's a single lane. It's a three lane map. Like you have it's the lane lines. with the cars, the tunnel, yeah. and then there's the other one on the other side. So I've, I've really enjoyed that map. Um, but I, I personally, I think I need a little bit more time with the game to really understand how I feel about it because in my first week, I'm starting to feel the same kind of feelings creep in that made me quit playing Call of Duty oh, no. in that um, there are a lot of gunfights or deaths that I have where I'm like, I never had a chance there. And this this does kind of go back in style to some of the older Call of Duties where it's a really, really fast time to kill. Um, and I talked about this after the beta weekend where you know, th this is a game that actively penalizes aggressive play. So you need to take it slow um, because if you're tax sprinting around maps, um, people are always going to be pre-aiming you and you're going to die really, really quickly. 
I feel like some of the maps do have uh, are designed in a way that are a lot more conducive to camping and sniping and stuff. That's just been my experience so far. And um, I'm starting to see like some bullshit already. Um, and it, I, I did something I'm not proud of earlier today when I was playing. I actually teabagged somebody several times. <laughs> <laughs> so this fucking jackass, he... I. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt and benefit of the doubt and just say he was just trying to level up his riot shield, but he didn't have a primary weapon uh, equipped. He just had a riot shield. So you would see this guy and he would throw on his riot shield and he would just come straight up to you and just bash you to death. And unless you had a launcher uh, equipped, you, there was nothing you could do. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people running around with like noob tubes and stuff. And, and I don't know, there's just, there's been a lot of situations where I'm just like this, I didn't have a chance to win that gunfight and you know, it's just tough. So it might be a get good situation for me. I'm, I'm a casual player. Um, it might be a situation where I need to get to know the maps a little bit more because I'm still feeling green on some of them. Um, but I mean, if, if I was to sort of take that temperature test for myself right now, it does feel a little bit more hardcore than what I've been used to for the past couple of years of, of call of duty. But I mean, it's early. Uh, there's a lot of time for that to change and stuff. So yeah, it's but overall, I'm I'm enjoying the game and I'm I'm feeling it was worth the the hundred dollars I paid for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's me. Well, you paid a hundred dollars. Oh, you're Canadian. That's right. Yeah, hundred and one dollars is a full price game in Canada. Holy shit! Yikes! Your money's worthless anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I Brandon. I'm gonna start with my negatives because yeah. I do probably have more than I originally thought. Okay. Um. The uh, the playing with friends thing, mm-hmm. you guys are kind of brushing it off a little bit. I think that's fucking awful. Oh no, I'm not brushing it off. I'm just, I just didn't know if it was worth, you know, right. Yeah. Right. Go, so yeah, go for it. So anyone who is trying to play with friends, having issues is like completely counterintuitive to how most of the game works and how most people play. Yeah. Not saying there isn't solo players, but sure. A lot of people play with their friends in my experience. And the fact that there's been so many issues more than the beta, I will yeah. say that again. There has been more issues with the multiplayer than now than there was in the beta. And I think it's slowed down, but it's still not 100%. So I want to say off the bat, absolutely awful. I mean, it wasn't like Overwatch Q times, but still, you know, there were multiple nights where we tried for 40, 45 minutes uh, by the time the night was over, just not being in games because we were simply trying to play with our friends. Right. Um, so that was awful. Um, I also want to note that this game seems to be slightly unfinished in a couple ways. Um, and I want to excuse it because I'm enjoying the time I'm having with it. Mm-hmm. But I want to mention it just because I feel like it's noteworthy. There's no barracks. There's no blueprints. You can't save your weapons. You have all these lovely attachments and all these new guns. You can't save them. And there's no hardcore at launch. Right. Three things that have really just been paramount to pretty much all Call of Duties recently. So, you know, I don't know that everyone notices hardcore. Most people will notice not being able to save your blueprints. And I don't know. It's just that those couple things really have... I want to keep in the back of my mind because I don't want to be too excited. Now, you, you can't save loadouts. You can save loadouts, but you can't save your loadout. Right. So let's say you really like an M4 build, right? Yeah. And then you change the gun to an SMG by accident. You then have to pick an M4 and rebuild the whole fucking thing. 
Yeah. You cannot shave that screenshot right. of the gun that you have made. Right. Which has been, which was in 2019. It was in Warzone. It was in Vanguard. Unless you make a new loadout. Unless you completely rebuild the whole thing. Yeah. So I just want to mention those things at the top just to say, hey, you know, there are problems clearly still. Um, and the fact that this large of a company can't figure it out is very sad. But that being said, I agree with Dave. Um, I've had a very good experience with the game so far. Um, a lot of the changes people don't like, I find very welcoming. Um, I don't have any problem personally with the TTK or the camping. Um, I think that that's a lot better than the inverse, which is people just bunny hopping around every corner and slide canceling. Um, so I'm willing to take my losses where I can. Um, but overall, just having a ton of fun playing the game. I love the new blueprint system. Um, or I'm sorry, the new um, armory system. I think the way they do receivers is really fucking awesome. Um, it enables you to uh, work through all of the weapons and it actually incentivizes you by making receivers locked behind guns you might not use. Um, and the camos are back. The amazing camos. I love the way the new camos work. They don't have it behind some convoluted, you have to put an entire loadout together to do this set of camos. It's very basic things uh, and seems like it's rewarding for anybody to be able to try and get gold weapons, which is great um, because I feel like anyone should be able to get gold weapons. Yeah. So um, interested to see how it's going to progress. We'll know in a couple weeks. Um, I think things will drastically be changing in the couple weeks, um, not only with the battle pass, but with the addition of Warzone. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some new guns, some new maps, a bunch of new operators, obviously for purchase and otherwise. So I'm enjoying my time with it. That's honestly really all I've been playing, and I'm not mad about it. I don't feel fatigued. Um, I really like the maps. Um, I think there's some missing from the beta, which is strange to me. At yeah, least there's been some discussion about potential legal issues with some of the real-life places. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But we'll see. Um, if Call of Duty has proven anything in the past couple of years, it's that they, they can put out content. Whether or not it's going to be broken and shitty is another story altogether. Um, but uh, surely we will soon to follow uh, some new shit. So definitely won't be a Halo <coughs> issue here. Yeah, I think I agree with almost everything you guys have said. Uh, I want to elaborate on as far as the receiver thing and like the way the weapons progress and you unlock new things. I like it once i'm getting accustomed to it but i'm really upset that they did not build anything into the game to explain it and i'm not saying i need i'm the type i'm, I'm not the type of person who needs everything explained to me but when i've been playing call of duty for over 15 years and they dramatically change how right. you unlock weapons and stuff like that i feel like there needs to be a little bit more of a guided hand uh, just because it's so radically different from the same game the same title not the same game but the same title for so many years uh, with that said yeah i'm i'm having a little bit of issues with the ttk myself but it's like one map i'm getting destroyed before i can uh even click the button to fire and i'm pretty i'm pretty decent i'm not amazing at call of duty by any means but i'm decent at call of duty and i'm just feeling certain matches like what is happening and then other matches i feel like wow, the other team must be feeling like I felt last match because we're just mowing them down. So I don't understand what that is and why that 
why that's inconsistent. Um, and it's not just like, oh, I got better or I got worse. It's like one match to the next. It seems like there's a dramatic difference. So I'm a little bit of me is wondering, and I've seen a little bit of this on like kill cams and stuff. If there is a, a issue network wide, because like I'll be around the corner from someone and I die because they kill, they shoot me. Right. And, and then I watch their kill cam. And when they killed me, I was still on their side of the corner. So, and, and that's happened to me before too, where I've shot someone and I know, and like you see the final kill on the map and it's like, they were clearly around that corner. I think, it's just latency I think there's maybe. some latency in yeah. it too. So I don't know what that's all about, but I hope they get it fixed. Me too. Otherwise I'm, I'm really having fun. Um, I, I've played call of duty for a long time and skipped a few years and then when i came back i was just like yeah i needed more call of duty so i i'm excited for the future this is supposed to be the only game they have for two years so i expect good support we've always seen good support even on bad call of duties we've seen consistent support uh for an extended period of time so i have no doubt there that they'll provide that and then like you said brandon with warzone coming out soon i'm really excited to play some warzone absolutely warzone 2 and brandon you'll have the fov slider oh finally i won't have to fucking whip my character's neck the whole way around every time i want to look <laughs> at the fucking screen yeah so i don't have a lot more to elaborate than what you guys have said uh you covered it pretty well but expect to be hearing at least a little bit of call of duty talk from us probably most weeks sorry other than like when some bigger <laughs> yeah. you know when when god of war comes out yeah absolutely. i'm sure that's what we're gonna be playing and absolutely. we'll talk about that but and duty and and call of duty <laughs> absolutely Boys, do we have anything else? I think that's, I think that's all we got. It, dude. All right. Well, don't forget, patreon.com slash handsomephantom, handsomephantom.com slash discord. We're here every week unless we're not, which I don't think we've ever just totally skipped an episode ever in I almost 200 think. episodes. Yeah, I don't think. There's been maybe only two or three times they've been delayed, but we're here for you. We, uh, we like to keep the show going. We like to hang out. Uh, we like to keep it short for you, too, so... Appreciate your support and thanks for hanging out. Um, oh, one more thing. I haven't mentioned this in a long time. If you think of it, head over to iTunes and leave us a nice little review. We'd really appreciate yeah. that. Help boost us back up in the rating rankings. We used to be ranked really high and just, you know, over time as uh, our numbers are better than they've been in a long time. But as, uh, you know, people who are already listening, leave reviews, we fall in the rankings. And so if you go over and leave us some reviews, it'd really, really be cool. Help us out a little bit. Thank you for uh, for hanging out and appreciate everybody and um, blabbering. So goodbye. See you. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.